0: Action. Hello, Winterwebs, and welcome to Close-Up. I'm your co-host, Joe. And I'm Ryan. Today, Ryan and I wish to share with you our top ten films of all time. Time, time,
1: time. Time, time.
0: So, from this extreme long shot, we zoom into our medium shot. Tell me, Ryan, how hard was it to make this list of yours?
1: It was extremely hard, because I asked you personally, what about franchises? do we do that and you you gave me a little asterisk you said you can do you can do some but it doesn't ha- it can't be like every fucking like marvel movie or whatever because franchise list goes for a different day and it was really Record. tough it was really tough not to put because i recently watched it it was really tough not to put logan on my list because i really love that movie however It's really tough to not put it on here, but it's just... What's tough about it is like narrowing down over 100 years' worth of film to just 10. And a lot of these are modern. A couple of them are a bit oldies and goodies. Yeah, so it's really tough. My number one is very... Give me your honorable mentions that didn't make the cut. My honorable mentions... Three Tender Yuma, the remake. Mm. Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. For the theater experience. Same with No Way Home. Casablanca. The All Rocky right. slash Creed movies. Top Gun Maverick. I do think it's it's up there. That's fair. American History X. The Planet of the Apes trilogy, the new one. Oh, yeah. Skyfall. Casino Royale. Any movie shot by Roger Deacons. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's based on my honorable mentions. And that list could go on forever, but those are the ones I could have uh, that I've thought of recently are on the spot. Of course, Back to the Future and all that, but that's on the franchise list as well. Uh,
0: Before I get into my honorable mentions, I guess we'll say, if we happen to have any of the same movies on our top ten, you can just say, we'll talk about it a little bit, but I'll save more what I have to say for mine. We'll just just talk about our our own experiences with it more. If one Um, comes before the other, yeah. So I've had my top six solidified for most of this past decade, but the bottom four were the toughest to round out. And frankly, they're bound to change. I had to look deep into my soul to search for these answers. Some of the films I had to cut hurt me, but I had to be true to myself. Some honorable mentions from my list, in no particular order, include Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers The Godfather Captain America, The First Avenger Mission Impossible, Fallout, Singing in the Rain, La La Land, Chinatown, Airplane, and Casino Royale also made mine. Wow, well, we
1: yeah, we had a couple honorable mentions. La La yep. Land, I completely forgot about that one. I love that movie. See, yeah. again, like, and we're going to talk about movies that... It's so hard. It's so hard to this cut. Is tough. And people are going to get mad. Very much so. They're going to be mad at my number 10. <laughs>
0: oh, boy. So, do you want to do me, you, me, you, or you, me, you, me? Uh, why don't you go? I went first last time. Sure. So, that brings us to our close-up. My number 10 movie of all time, Ben-Hur. The original one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The three-hour one. Four hours, actually. Jesus! (laughs) It's an epic.
1: (laughs) I have not seen this movie, but I've seen, like, the famous, like, chariot scene, yeah.
0: It is incredible. Now, I, I, I tend to be down on movies. Well, you know, talking about the chariot scene, I tend to be down on movies nowadays for using CGI heavily. And I look to this movie as something for comparison. These are actual dudes riding chariots, doing super dangerous stunts. And it's, it's exhilarating. It's one of the, like that scene is one of the greatest sequences in all of movie history. And that's just one scene out of the whole thing. It's the most famous scene. But this is a four-hour epic tale about a, a rich Jewish man who's pushed out of his home by the Romans, ends up a slave. He ends up on, uh, on the galley ships working for the Romans, ends up, you know, going into the, the chariot races, has to work his way back into society. And throughout the story, he kind of ends up crossing paths with Jesus Christ a lot. Not... As you do. Because it's said, it's, it basically the entire story is... It's not exactly... A, it's not about religion exactly, but it kind of is because the movie starts on the night Jesus Christ was born. And it's about this, once again, this this Jewish man kind of navigating the... This period of the Roman world as Christianity is starting to spread across the land and things are changing, and he's trying to just navigate this world and kind of rediscover his faith. And he, there's a lot of interesting elements. And like I said, it's just so epic. He goes to so many places. The score is grand, the acting is big and melodramatic. So I know it wouldn't be for everybody, but if you let yourself get immersed, in a film like this and can just sit down for four hours and watch this story it's, it's one of the best movies ever made it holds up in so many ways like the chariot scene is a primary example but there's a lot of other great moments in that movie Charlton Heston is fantastic the cinematography is one of the most gorgeous movies I've ever laid eyes on I just I mm-hmm. love this movie
1: I mean, yeah as like as film uh, students ourselves I'm pretty sure we've Seen the chariot scene multiple times, and just how they were able to, I want to say, get away with doing that stuff back in the day because it's super dangerous stuff and those poor horses, but just adds to like the realism of what it was back in the day. And yeah, I've heard good things about it, it's on my list to watch at some point, but it's also on like you know, you have that list of like old movies you should watch, but also be like. I will never watch this out of spite, but Ben-Hur is not one of those because it is set in that time period that I like to see. But yeah, that's a good pick. <laughs> almost afraid to say this. Here we go. My number 10 pick, and it's only because I think it's one of the best comedies of all time. We didn't tell each other our list for
0: the record. No, we haven't told Just each so other our list. I don't know what he's going to say. My number
1: 10 pick is The Other Guys, starring Will Ferrell guys. and... And Mark Wahlberg. The only reason ah, I, seen, I don't think I've seen this one. The only reason this is on my list is because it is one of the most quotable comedies out there. Even like it's on par with Step Brothers. I feel, which I haven't seen in a while. But with the other guys, you have like iconic lines from both Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Even Michael Keaton in it. It's funny every time you watch it. It, just, it makes me laugh every time. I really think this is, like, peak comedy for both of them. Even, like, working together and their respect to, like, individual films. It just makes it makes me laugh every single time. I know it's insane to put on a top ten list, but I do think it's one of the best comedies of our generation and, and of all, all right, time.
0: Let's, let's be clear here. This isn't necessarily it's a, personal a list, list of the greatest the greatest movies of all time. This is no. what we like, okay? Just because yeah. you don't like it, you got to deal. It's our personal okay? list. Ryan can put the other guys in as his, his number 10 of all time. Mm-hmm. And Joe will put okay. Rocky
1: Five as his number one. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> I'm not denying that. I'm not denying oh, it. Another honorable mention I forgot to say was the Harry Potter franchise, but that's a franchise. Anyway. But yeah, I don't really have much to say on it besides just the laughs they're just really good it's so quotable each line there's gr- there's a great running gag where michael keaton is straight up just saying like title songs from a tlc and he just doesn't notice it He's like you're quoting tlc again he's like i don't know what you're talking about like it's just, it's so good like michael keaton is so funny like he's an underrated comedic actor and that's you gotta start in comedy yeah i don't have i don't really have much else to say on that
0: okay my, number nine, My other films
1: are more serious, don't sorry. worry. Maybe at the end of this
0: we should do some if we have time left, we should do some trends in the top ten, and see what these movies say mm-hmm. about us. I don't know. Number nine. Rocky. The original. Not five. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> That's don't don't put that on me. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is one of the most inspiring movies. I've ever seen in my life. I'm, you know, I I didn't grow up on the streets of Philly. And, you know, I'll I'll admit I grew up with, you know, a a decent amount of privilege. I never had to work as hard as Rocky in terms of, you know, being a poor boxer and whatnot. But I still find this movie extremely inspiring. Just the fact that no matter what you're trying to do, no matter what challenge you're trying to overcome it's not necessarily about if you succeed but going the distance is what matters you can work your ass off and it's an accomplishment in itself just to get just to be in contention for something like this for for you know the final round against Apollo Creed the fact that he even got to do that was the accomplishment mm-hmm. of the movie, the fight didn't matter. It was everything leading up to the fight, and it, Sylvester Stallone himself wrote this movie. I think either in a couple days or a couple weeks, and the fight that he had to go through to get this movie made in the first place, it's kind of a, you know, it, it's kind of a parallel to the movie itself. Yeah. And as he was and broke as somebody, before
1: making this movie,
0: yeah. So as somebody in the film industry, the behind-the-scenes story of Rocky and the Rocky movies themselves they inspire me to just try my best work really hard even if i even if i don't succeed the effort is good enough for me it it's a personal accomplishment and i think that's a really powerful message that resonates with me ever since i've seen it and it's it's a big part of
1: yeah good choice one in my honorable mentions great story classic score, classic story. It hasn't really yeah. been replicated since. Except within its own franchise. Except within its own franchise. To I lesser the degrees, story. I don't think any. I think it's underrated in terms of how it's written and even the dialogue as well. I think it's... it's like The it's scene with him tight. and scene with him in the apartment when he's talking to Mickey as well is really well done. Yeah, yes. it's a really good movie.
0: Never even gotten his nose broken.
1: Yeah. A little gig there. Even in, in the second movie, he was like, "He's like he broke my nose again." Like it's a good callback.
0: All right, what's Ryan's okay. number nine?
1: Number nine is a little movie. It's not little called Troy. 2004 Troy. movie about the Battle of Troy between the Greeks and the Trojans, starring Brad Pitt. This cast is stacked. It's one of those movies that was definitely an Oscar bait film for the time. With ha- The cast in it. It's got Brad Pitt. It's got Orlando Bloom. The guy from the Bourne movies. The, like, the... Or... God, I have to look it up now. It's got... It's got the one movie... One of the few movies that... Sean Bean doesn't die in. Which is shocking. It's got Rose Byrne. Eric Bana. Peter O'Toole. Garrett Headland, who we talked about in Tron Legacy, who is definitely a... Uh, Hollywood was trying to shoehorn in as trying to be the, like, the next Hollywood guy. Yes. Brian yes. Cox. Brian Cox is the guy. Brendan Gleeson. Like, this cast is amazing. And this is one of the films that got me into Greek myth. Mm. Just how... How it's shot, how the music is, I just it got me into med- like medieval times like that era and Greek mythology. Now that being said, taking Greek mythology and reading about the Trojan War based off because this is based off the book "The Iliad," yes. it's completely different. But for 2004, it's really good. It got you into it, didn't it? It got me into so- it? The book is insane. The gods are way more, the gods are way more into it than, um, they're more involved in the book than they are in the movie. They've actually made characters a little bit better, in my opinion, in the movie than the book. Mm -hmm. Especially with Hector. He's more, he's kind of more of a badass. I, I know I did, I had to do like a whole report on the difference between the movie. It's really funny, not to get off track, but one of the, our assignments was to watch this movie and to analyze the differences, like pick a character and analyze the differences. I'd seen this movie so much before that I already knew off the top of my head who I was going <laughs> to pick, and that was Hector. I just really love it. This is one
0: I've, th- never, I've never seen this
1: one Yeah, It's really good. Brad Pitt. The uh, the fight between Bat, uh, Brad Pitt and Eric Banna, where it's like he plays Achilles, and it's Achilles versus Hector. I won't go into spoilers, but yeah, right. their one-on-one fight, is some of the best choreography that i've seen in terms of around that time with with sword combat brad pitt literally does a superman punch with a spear and i know that doesn't sound right but when you see it it makes sense (laughs) he literally does like a full wind up and with a spear brad pitt he's like at his most shredded that he's ever been i think besides (laughs) fight club or whatever the acting's really good it's just, if you love medieval like and mythology too you're gonna, You'll love this movie And it, just, it got me into it. it Yeah, I love it
0: Alright So my number 8 A movie you've probably never seen Raiders of the Lost Ark Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Yes I rewatched this one just the other week It came to a theater near me and I had to go see it again. This is one of the best movies ever made, I, 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 in my opinion. It's just, it was a very simple concept by two of my favorite filmmakers of all time, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. It's, this is, okay, Raiders of the Lost Ark is everything I love about movies. I think it was, I think I saw it was written by, you know, Lawrence Kasdan's a great writer. George Lucas came up with the story. Steven Spielberg directed it. It's scored by John Williams. ILM did the special effects
1: executive got, produced by Kathleen Kennedy
0: Yeah 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 well <laughs> I noticed you, gotta, her in the you credit. trying to give her credit Kathleen Kennedy was there and she did gave money. work on it I don't I don't know what she did exactly but gave this money This is kind of this movie is Hollywood firing on all cylinders pretty much yeah. all some of my all of my favorite talents in in movie history pretty much worked on this movie and they also it's a classic story of George Lucas, I heard, came up with the story because he was a fan of old film serials about adventuring types like Indiana Jones set in, in that kind of era. And he said, oh, let's do, uh, you know, old adventure serials, but, uh, you know, with an actual budget. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. I was just watching the ILM documentary the other day. I need the and I'm still not done, but there's one scene where it's talking about... Steven Spielberg was saying in the documentary how George Lucas kind of pitched it to him. Steven Spielberg said he really wanted to do a James Bond movie. And George Lucas said, oh, I have a, I have a James Bond kind of movie for you. About this, this really rugged adventurer type who has globe-trotting adventures. And Spielberg said, sure, I love it, let's do it. And the action in this movie is incredible. Off the top of my head, there's the scene when Indy is riding a horse up on the Nazis' cars and he's jumping on the cars and getting knocked mm-hmm. out windows and, you know, getting dragged into the car with the bullwhip, running away from the boulders, fighting on the plane, the, the snakes, the, the temples, the, the epic religious elements, finding the Ark of the Covenant, fighting Nazis, great villains and pretty much anything just Harrison Ford's performance in it. The it's just it's just a pure fun movie. It's not yeah. really it's not, you know, super in-depth about anything. It's just but in terms of the action adventure genre, it's it's simple, it's straightforward, it moves really fast, and it's just it's just entertainment filmmaking at arguably its finest. It's definitely up there. So Yeah.
1: I agree with you. Um, I forgot to put in my honorable mentions. I, th- I recently told you I rewatched them all recently. And I did. Personally, I put Last Crusade over Raiders. Just because I because I rewatch.
0: It, I haven't seen it in too many years. But.
1: Just because I think it takes what made Raiders great and evolved it a bit more. And then added Sean yeah. Connery. Which, yep. their dynamic is beautiful. So yeah, I, re- I agree with you there. I love both those movies.
0: I might say the last crusade in the top ten in another five, ten years. I don't know. like yeah, I said really. this bottom this bottom four of mine can change
1: it's such but... a it's such a fun movie. There's that joke in Big Bang theory where it's like if Indiana Jones wasn't there, then nothing would change, but still That's a fun movie. True. It's not true. It's a great movie.: <laughs> Yeah, Harrison Ford nails it. Yeah, I, when I told you I rewatched all of them, even the fourth one, I still kind of enjoyed a little bit, because it's still, it's like, it's still got, like, that fun adventure to it. Harrison Ford is trying. It's you know? the
0: wor- it's, Look, I said it before about Rocky V. I'll say the same thing about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It's the worst one, but it's not bad.
1: Yeah. It's, like, you can't really... It's kind of the same... Not to bring up God of War again, but, like, God of War Ascensions. It's, like, it's the worst one, but it's not bad. Yeah, Some people hate it, though. Anyway. My number. All right, what's your number? We're on number eight. eight. Number eight yep. It's an oldie and it's a goodie. It's an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Oh, Okay. And it's Rear Window. I right. saw this a few years ago because there were so many remakes and like reboots of this movie. I was like, you know what? I just want to re- I just want to watch it for myself, just to be like, because I like Alfred Hitchcock. I like the lead actor. Mm-hmm i can't fucking remember his name oh that's uh, is that jimmy stewart it, it it's james stewart so i think james you're stewart. right yeah and i think it's a really good thriller where basically the premise is if nobody knows what the premise is this guy's this photographer he's stuck in a wheelchair in his little complex and all got these a broken leg got a broken leg and all he can do is just... He's been watching his neighbors for like the past few weeks or whatever. Because that's all he can do. It's very like... It's, pro- yeah. it's very like Hollywood like soundstage. But it could be made into a play. Which I, it looked like to me. Mm-hmm. And he can, he's been watching his neighbors for like the past two weeks. And he notices that... He has a sneaking suspicion that... His, that a husband and a wife got into a fight. And that the wife has been... Murdered, and he's doing all the context clues. He's a photographer, so he's zooming in, doing the pictures. It's a really good thriller and a mystery of this guy trying to solve the problem. And
0: but he never leaves his apartment because he's got a broken leg, so he's trying to figure out this whole thing just from inside his apartment with to... his camera and exactly. free time. And uh, have you seen this? It's really good. Oh yeah, uh, it was... yeah, I don't remember the details because it was a long time ago, but I, I yeah. have seen it. I really enjoyed Rear Window. It's a great pick.
1: And, oh wow, it's just under two hours. Does not feel like it. Jimmy Stewart is great. He's got chemistry with the lead actress, which is really good. Grace Kelly, I believe, who that character oh, yeah. is. And uses her at one point to go and do conduct clues. And the finale is some of the most intense stuff I've ever seen in a Hitchcock movie. Not the most, but some of the most intense.
0: And Hitchcock is pretty known for being pretty intense. So that's The god something. of
1: suspense. So, yeah. I think it's just really good. Ends on a good note. I think it's just a simple story, shot to perfection, done really well. And I really want to rewatch it again. Also, okay. it's James Stewart. He's like a, like a god actor, you know?
0: Yes. Alright, my number seven. The original Spider-Man by Sam Raimi. A classic of the superhero genre. And probably the first superhero movie I ever saw. It was either that or Adam West's Batman 1966 movie. To me, the the two of them were the earliest superhero movies I remember in childhood. But I think this Spider-Man one stood out a little more because it was... I think it was brand new at the time. I mean, I was born in 98, and that's 2002, Mm -hmm. so it was new at the time. The Adam West one was more dated by comparison, but... So this one is a love letter to the Silver Age of Comics. It's distilled the Spider-Man character to his essence, told it faithfully and with clear passion by Sam Raimi. Tobey Maguire's a great pick for the character. Spider-Man is one of my favorite literary characters of all time, and to see such a proper adaptation, which still holds up today, it's... Look, I, I love... Tom Holland's Spider-Man mm. movies, they're, they're good. Tom Holland's probably my favorite live-action Peter Parker Spider-Man, but Spider-Man 1 and 2 by Sam Raimi are still the best Spider-Man movies. I'm not counting into the Spider-Verse, but yeah, yeah. live-action anyway. But the first one in particular is still my favorite. Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin is an all-timer. So great, they had to bring him back 20 years later. That last fight... In the in the abandoned hospital, still probably the most brutal superhero movie final oh, showdown yeah. of all time. When he's getting the crap kicked out of him and blown up and cut and bloody.
1: Godspeed, Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. James Franco, Kirsten Dunst, Rosemary Harris. All fantastic oh. supporting cast in that movie as well. He actually Sam Raimi manages to make New York feel alive. All the all its characters. Yeah, because this they, is a
1: this was a post 9-11 movie yeah it, in the teaser trailer it's famous twin for having the it, twin yeah. towers in the thing and then i think he might have like gone back and added a scene of new york sticking together when they're standing up to oh, green goblin
0: sorry sorry i just i forgot i i mentioned supporting cast and i forgot to mention jk simmons oh yes 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 jay jonah freaking jameson classic He's endlessly quotable My brother, this is one of his favorite movies of all time, and he quotes it endlessly, all the time. It's so...
1: Shut up, get out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's a... It's It's a very cool movie, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the most perfect superhero movie adaptations, and I also love that there's a sense of, even though it's funny and quippy, there's a sense of self-seriousness to it. I, you know, can you imagine... The music... Well, can you imagine a lot of the modern MCU? Even that last scene at the graveyard, when he kind of friend zones Mary Jane, and he's he's monologuing about, you know, this is his gift, this is his curse, and yeah, he's, it's very it's kind of heavy stuff sometimes. And I appreciate that you don't see a lot of superhero movies doing stuff like that now. Mm-hmm. Spider Man's amazing. It's a very I, good. Pick. I didn't even mean to do that.
1: What happened? As a Spider-Man's
0: it. as a Spider-Man's amazing. I
1: didn't mean to do that. Aha. That's good. Yeah, yeah that's a very good pick. Grew up on that as well. Tobey Maguire is still my favorite Spider-Man of all time. When I I rewatched most of them before No Way Home and yeah, it's just it's just childhood nostalgia but it's great. It to me the Tobey Maguire ones feel more like a comic book movie. That's what it is. Okay, my number 7 is another Hitchcock movie and it's psycho. I, I've told you this before. I am a sucker for black and white stuff. That not, not saying like 1920s, 1930s, like that stuff, but like just the 40s, color 50s. aspect of it, the color aspect of it. I think it's a really awesome story with an amazing twist right in the middle. You're following spoilers for people who haven't seen it. You're following right. this one woman who Marion Crane. Marion Crane, who is an embezzler, or she stole yeah, so money. She stole money from her boss. Runs away. So you think the whole movie you're following her the whole time, and then He's the first
0: one we meet, clearly the protagonist, like maybe sure. a
1: third third of the way through the movie, meets Norman Bates, and then gets murdered, <whistles> like right away. <whistles> so now the <whistles> movies become who, like who killed her? Yeah, the classic shower scene. Which fun fact? It's the first ever movie to show a toilet flushing, which is really weird fact. But that's what the fact is. It's got the classic shower scene. It's the the yeah the re 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 that's been used all over media ever since. The actor for who does Norman Bates is really good. It's probably the most iconic death scene in movies. Yeah, is that fair iconic, to say? One of the most iconic. Just horror movies in general. I re I watched this a couple Halloweens ago with my brother for the first time, and he like he likes movies a lot. I don't know if he likes like older movies, but he really enjoyed this. And yeah, I just there's there's so much I want to say about Hitchcock, but just everybody knows like it's just a masterwork of filmmaking. It's got twists that just come out of nowhere. It, it's very suspenseful. The music's really good. Yeah. There's uh, something... And even, like, later on, on, like, not talking about the remake, like, fu- the Vince Vaughn one, but the uh, Bates Motel. I watched all of that recently, and it pays homage to the original Psycho movie very well. It just shows Bates Motel,
0: how... Bates Motel is sometimes great, and sometimes, sometimes really great, pisses sometimes, me off. Yeah. The first couple of years were not great, but seasons three, four, and five, like four and five in particular were incredible. Yeah. But th- those first couple of years, though, were...
1: <sighs> but yeah, it's, I just think Psycho is a really good horror movie. Yeah. All right, so we're kind of
0: running out of time here, so let's maybe blitz through number six. And, all right. Uh, all right, my number six, The Great Escape, from uh-huh. uh, not... Yeah, this is probably my favorite war movie. It's so if you haven't seen The Great Escape, because I feel like this is probably the most niche, one of the most niche picks on my list here, but The Great Escape is a movie set in a POW camp in World War II Germany, and the entire thing is about this group of soldiers from different backgrounds. There's some Americans, there's some Brits, there's some French guys. and Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. And they're all trying to figure out how to escape this camp. And they make this big plan of escape where they're digging tunnels underneath the, underneath the camp without anybody noticing. And the entire time they have to, the tension is, will the Nazi soldiers find them? And this is based on a true story, too, mm-hmm. about a real-life escape from, from, a, from a Stalag in World War II, which I think adds even more weight to it. It's it's you wouldn't know it's a true story. It's so fantastical what they did here that you wouldn't know it was that it really happened. But Steve McQueen's character is uh he's one of the standouts, the cooler king, as they called him. He's the guy who always threw himself on the sword, got in trouble, got sent to the cooler. He bounces the wall up the ball up against the wall. And there's for a war movie, it's, it's one of the funniest war movies I've ever seen. It's not a mm-hmm. comedy, but it's, you know, these guys aren't fighting in, in the front lines. So they can kind of joke around, just be dudes having fun and, you know, sometimes when they're not working. Mm-hmm. Like one of the funniest scenes in the movie is when they were stealing a bunch of wood to prop up their tunnel underneath. But then the one guy didn't realize that they stole most of the wood from the bunk bed, so he jumps up on top of the bunk bed and falls <laughs> through a couple. There's, a, there's some good moments like that.
1: That's funny. Okay. Uh, have you seen... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, have to, yeah. I haven't seen Great Escape. Okay, but it's just, it's...
0: There's also a lot of great drama in it, too. Once again, will the Nazis find out, and I think one of the craziest things about the movie, which I'm not going to spoil it, but, you know, it's, it's history. They did... A lot of them did escape but the movie keeps going for like another hour after the escape and you see
1: huh.
0: how many of them get out and what happens after the escape do people actually make it out do they get recaptured what happens to these people after the escape that's nearly a third of the movie afterwards and it's just it's a great movie if you haven't seen it i recommend it very strongly it's
1: it's very very well done i love it sounds good it's on my list number six i cheated i put the lord of the Rings trilogy but all three That's of them cheating <laughs> it's yeah, cheating I, I couldn't pick between one if i had to pick pick one it'd probably be return of the king it's all one story anyway I'll, uh, it's all this,
0: this is this one's allowed
1: and i cheated again later on but uh um, oh no. <laughs> only once only twice I couldn't decide between, these are the movies I also grew up on, watching with my brother. It's such a passion project from Peter Jackson. It's, an ama- again, amazing storytelling from um, J.R.R. R. R. Tolkien. Come to life. The cast is amazing. The action's incredible. Set pieces, the music could go on for hours. Just the different, like, with stuff with, like, the elves and the orcs and just the the practical makeup, the the effects, the fight scenes. Aragon, one of my favorite characters. Again, I just realized Orlando Bloom is in a second movie on my list here. He does very well. Just like it's just the most some of the most iconic pieces of media that we've seen, and I haven't even mentioned Gollum yet, who is probably what started Andy Circus off on this absolute just terror that he's been on with. Visual effects and how his performance has just increased with each movie. It's just, it's a film that you can just watch with your family and just enjoy every single time. Especially the extended editions, which the third movie is like four hours long, but it's worth it. I think they were all four hours in the extended editions. I'm not. I've watched all of them, and like some of them are like three and a half or whatever, three hours. Okay. I think Fellowship is like three hours. Two Towers is like three and a half, but the end ga- uh, End game. Return of the King is like four hours. Four hours. It was the end game of its time. But yeah, it's <sighs>
0: also don't you also got to count the fact that they're faithful adaptations of a of a beloved literary source material, beloved, which somehow yeah. managed to please everybody, pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. That's
1: I don't know how they pulled that one off. It's amazing. I l- loved it so much. I still love it to this day. I will watch the extended editions over the originals sometimes because. With extended editions, especially this one, it, adds, it really does add stuff yeah. that make the story better. Yeah, sorry, I cheated. I'm going to cheat later on, but I'm, not, I'm also not sorry.
0: My favorite part of it is, I mentioned the two towers was on my extended honorable mentions. Mostly for the Battle of Helm's, Helms Deep. Helm's Deep. Which is one of the most, in, it's one of the most impressive action set pieces I've ever seen in anything.
1: The, their, so they do have some CGI in it, but their work with miniature sets and how they make everything look gigantic, make everything look real is breathtaking. Like they're able to do, they're able to make these giant, like if you can look up some like later on, like some behind the scenes with them and their miniature sets and how they make like. Rivendale look gigantic, how they make Helms Deep look different like I yes, think with Helms yes. Deep, they had three different sets or something like that they had like one for the ramp part and then one for i don't i don't I can't even explain it, and Gondor's wall or whatever. yes this is like peak what I love miniature sets, and this is like peak miniatures that they have, and even cGI they created new CGI for this, especially with yeah. Gollum and even um. The crowd control, or whatever you call it with the army dudes. Like a lot of that is CG, and some people don't, can't really tell because it's shot yeah. very well.
0: Lord of the Rings is kind of like I was saying about Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's kind of just all the best elements of entertainment film coming mm-hmm. together for something incredible. I don't
1: That's know really how they cool. pulled
0: this trilogy off in the early 2000s, especially when everything else after that, like The Hobbit, looks worse than Lord of the Rings. I doubt Amazon's Rings of Power is going to be comparable to that either, that they, what they pulled off 20 years ago. I don't know how it holds up so well.
1: Yeah, Rings of Power will be interesting.
0: So for my number five, the second most niche movie on my list, Christopher Nolan's The Prestige. His most underrated movie by a wide margin, I think. I don't, have you seen the Prestige?
1: I have not. Okay. I know, I know, I know all the stuff though. I know what, like everything that happens. Yeah, it's
0: it's incredible. It's one the movie is one big magic trick, and the way he pulled it off, I don't even know. The opening monologue talks about how there's three elements to any magic trick. I what was it? There was the there's the the pledge, the turn, and the prestige. And the movie, uh, the entire movie structure, I think it's basically done in the three-act structure, is basically that. The opening is the pledge. It talks about, it introduces it to you, introduces the world, kind of sets you up. The turn is when everything, the magic trick's actually going on, but it redirects you to look elsewhere. And the prestige is the third act, when it's all revealed to you and your mind's blown. So I love how the movie is structured like one big magic trick. It needs a rewatch to actually understand everything that's going on. The twists at the end are kind of like mind-blowing. And I know they won't work for everybody. Some of it gets a little bit out there. But I just thought it was brilliant screenwriting and filmmaking craft. How he managed to weave this tale together and, mis- and the misdirection. It's, just, it's masterfully done. It's Hugh Jackman, Scarlett Johansson, and Christian Bale will all deliver incredible performances. I love the originality, the idea of, okay, so this movie is just about two rival magicians in the the 19th century who are just constantly trying to one-up each other. Just the exploration of this toxic rivalry, which ends up, kind of destroying both men's lives just to get the attention of audiences. I think that's nearly an even more relevant story today with everybody going way out of their way to gain attention and try to shock people and amaze in any way they know how, even when they're putting their lives on the line. And so, yeah, it could be more applicable today than even at the time it was released. but. I just, I just think this is a really well-crafted movie, and it still blows my mind when I watch it. Highly recommend this one.
1: Definitely one of his best. It's one of those movies I haven't watched because it's just been spoiled to me so many times. I feel like I don't need to see it, but I, I do want to see it. Christopher Nolan's one of my favorite directors. It's, it's like, those are the two movies I haven't seen from him. is Interstellar and prestige recommend both yeah but yeah the very good pick my one five five. now right yeah number five had to be in here quentin tarantino movie pulp fiction master class screen play that's all i have to say some people will say inglorious bastards is a better movie or django unchained no he hasn't beaten pulp fiction yet it's one of his bet better films Just how it's structured, the storytelling—it's not all the again. The cast is stacked. You got John Travolta in a comeback role. Samuel L. Jackson. You got Bruce Willis. You have shocking scenes that happen. You have Uma Thurman. Shocking scenes that happen with like the whole Gimp scene just comes out of left field. It feels like the reason why I like Pulp Fiction is because it feels very Hitchcocky. Like it feels kind of like. It comes out of nowhere, but you like you just accept it like that type of suspense. And you have all these like you have all these different characters from different walks of life in this town, but they're all connected in a way where you like you believe their connection and it's told very well. And just the like just the different dialogue scenes in it, they're all iconic, like the Royale of cheese, the, you know, with the watch from Christopher Walken, who's in it for just a scene. You have them talking in the diner, you know, Tim Roth's in it as well. The end scene, it's just a beautiful work of dialogue, beautiful work of acting, studied to death in film classes and acting classes, and it's one of his best and will probably never be topped.
0: My number four, Grease. Another movie which is just for me, pure fun. This is a movie I have a lot of nostalgia for for a couple reasons. When I was a kid, it used to just be because I loved the music. My mom always used to tell me how when she was a kid and when Grease first came out, she saw that movie about 20 times the summer it first came
1: out. Wow. Which is crazy to me. Tickets Rest in peace. Olivia back- love you, Newton-John.
0: Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that hurt when I heard that news. That really hurt me, too. Yeah. But this movie is just... Well, it, it, I have, Like I said, I have a lot of nostalgia for it. The music is incredible. My favorite song on the soundtrack is Those Magic Changes by Sha which is a very deep cut. Most people don't know if they... It's not even really played in the movie much. Right. That's how big a fan I am. I, just, I have that really deep cut knowledge on the other songs on the soundtrack. I like that when I was a kid, I didn't really know what was going on. But when I was an adult, I caught all the innuendo and jokes and kind of understood it on a different level. And I think it's very relatable for me when I was in high school, especially, because I think it's it's about messy relationships and making, oh, I'm so in love with this person, so I'm going to do a lot of stupid things, even though you're probably not right for each other. Or like Kaniki and Rizzo, who act way older than they actually are, they try to put on this front of being really tough when they both just need help. Mm-hmm or like Frenchie making really dumb decisions like dropping out of high school to go to beauty school when she's not that beauty good at school it. dropout. yeah so it's just there's a lot of relatability to it for for me in high school and I also in high school drama class I also played in a uh, performance of Greece in grade 10 and oh, that's so that awesome. so that's another so that's another bit of nostalgia for me there cuz I I think I think back to my own high school experience and kind of just it's also, to me, emblematic of a simpler time in one's life. Just like in Greece, this is their graduating year. This is when they're about to go off to become adults. And, you know, the, it's like the song at the beginning says, there ain't no danger. We can go too far. We start believing now we can be who we are. It's that's kind of what high school was like. You could just do whatever you wanted, be as stupid as you wanted within reason. And there was kind of, you didn't have to face a ton of consequences and it just Mm -hmm. kind of, it just brings me back to that time of, oh, now that I'm an adult, especially, I'm like, life was easier back then. This just makes me want to go back to high school when things were easier, when you just hung out with your friends all the time, doing stupid stuff, having witty banter, when worrying about, Relationships was the biggest thing. Real <laughs> problems weren't really. So that's what Greece
1: means to me. This is a classic, like, musical. It's a feel good movie. I, yeah. I, I love, I love this good. pick. I'm yeah, just,
0: If I need a pick me up, this is what this is the movie. I will I watch.
1: never be over Olivia Newton John dying. This is just yeah. as the time recording, this has just happened like this week. Yes. So it's very tough to see that. A lot of, lot of actors dying this year from like older movies that are breaking my heart. Number four for me, this is my second and final cheat. Godfather Part 1 and 2. I can't decide between...
0: It's an acceptable cheat.
1: I can't decide between the two. Can't do it. They're both masterclass works of art. If you just hear about the backstory of how The Godfather Part 1 got made, it almost never happened. There's a show on Paramount Plus called The Offer, and it goes to show all like the hoops that the producer had to go through just in order to make this mo- movie and how he even had to talk to the mob about it. Like, you're not going to like put us in a bad light. He's like, no, this is what I'm doing. Like, this movie's about family and just how like the, the studio heads tried to cut a bunch of stuff out. Like, just like, how could they do that? But this isn't about the offer, This is about Godfather. Marlon Brando. Al Pacino. Diane Keaton, Diane Keaton, Robert De Niro in part two, like top dogs. Robert Duvall and uh, Robert Duvall, Talia Shire, Talia Shire, Sonny, who's the Sonny actor? He died recently too, which I was yeah. very sad about. God, James Caan,
0: yes, yes,
1: just masterclass in terms of like this. This is what made mob movies serious and showed like this is what their life was this wasn't like here's a tommy gun see like this is what like the actual mafia was about and is a great insight into what happened in their daily lives and it's also just an amazing story about the character of michael corleone how his he tragic doesn't wanna, downfall from yeah he doesn't want to be you know, he doesn't yeah. want to be in this family business but with certain tragedies that happened throughout his life is forced to become the leader of this family. Sucked into it, absolutely gets sucked into it. The scene in the diner where he first kills two people, Sicily, in yeah. part two, the backstory of Don Vito Colleone with Robert De Niro, incredible great casting choice.
0: It's a great parallel between this is they were like him and Michael were both mob bosses, but the yeah. backstory in part two shows yeah, Vito Classic. was really more of a Well, I mean, not to spoil part two, but you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, Vito was more of a family man, and Vito was... Family was the most important thing to him. And then what Michael does at the end of part two just shows how
1: different they are. Vito
0: never would have done that.
1: No. Even, like, the... It's violent, but, like, not in terms of, like, today where you can go extreme, but it was one of the first to really do it. I think it's a real horse's head in the bed. They had to work around that.
0: Oh, yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah, just classic, just classic lines like that are actually just heartbreaking. Where it's like, I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. Like, it's just, I just, uh, it's a great movie. And I can't find it on streaming except on Paramount Plus, and I don't have the subscription. But it's only $6 a month. Not sponsored, but just. Uh... Not sponsored, but you could, and I'll watch your Halo series and critique it.
0: <laughs> All right, my number three. Superman the movie. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So this movie is meaningful to me for a couple of reasons. For one thing, and I'd say the main one, is Christopher Reeve. And Christopher Reeve in this movie as Superman is one of my greatest role models. It's to the point where a lot of times, even in my daily life, I think, what would Christopher Reeve's Superman do? He's this model for... I'd say he's a great masculine role model because he's he's tough and he can handle himself but also he's just this really nice down-to-earth guy as as Clark Kent he's not he's not too pushy or aggressive he can command a room without being a dick about it his smile lights up the place he's a he's a protector a pacifist a compassionate person leads with his heart He stands for truth and justice and really believes in them. There's that scene where where Lois asks him, okay, so what do you stand for? I stand for truth and justice in the American way. And she says, oh, well, then you'll be fighting every elected official in this country. And he says, Lois, I never lie. These ideals seem cheesy to some, but... Somebody has to believe in them. If there's any, to be any kind of moral standard, you have to actually believe in these ideals. You can't just laugh at them. And this movie mm-hmm. takes what could be a cheesy concept about an alien in tights who fights. Bald evil geniuses and layers. It makes it a... a heartwarming sci-fi story. It's not really a superhero movie. As much as it is a sci-fi story about what if an alien from another world came here, had great power, and then chose chose to use that power to help us, this is that's the story of Superman, and it gets messed up in so many ways. You know, I I really like Man of Steel, but it's the fact that he had to be more coerced into helping hits a lot less to me because to me the core of Superman is he was just he was just a good guy who's raised right, who happens to be powerful enough to to do good and i think that story is applicable to everybody it's a lot more relatable than someone like batman who's just a rich orphan not many people are rich orphans superman is just a farm kid from the midwest who's technically an immigrant that's a very relatable (laughs) story that anybody could you know just because he he has powers and batman doesn't superman's the more relatable character i'm sorry world but it's true
1: Yes, very classic movie. Good pick. I should have seen that coming. My number three, bit of a random one. No Country for Old Men. Okay. It is a Coen Brothers peak film. There's almost no music whatsoever, and it adds so much atmosphere to the film. I don't know if you've seen it. Long time ago. Josh Brolin does excellent in it. I think it was one of his comeback roles because he was having a bit of a downslope. Javier Bardem playing Anton Chigurh, one of the greatest movie villains of all time. How much would you lose on a coin toss? Beautiful. Tommy Lee Jones is in it as well. He does absolutely amazing. And it's just the just the writing of it. The the again, it's another like Hitchcock ness to it. Where it's just suspenseful in a lot of scenes. Just because of how the actors play themselves. Basically Josh Brolin's character. Finds a stack of money. Or this briefcase of money. Around this shootout of uh, cartel people. Who like a drug deal gone wrong. And he, now he's on the run. Because Javier Bardem is hired to track down this money. And they both have backgrounds from the, from the war. In I believe Vietnam. I believe that's what it's set afterwards. And they're both using their skill sets to try and outmatch each other. And there's like there's again, little to no music. I honestly don't think there's any soundtrack whatsoever. And it just adds so much tension because it makes you be in the moment with these characters like Cause when you're in real life and you're in a dramatic situation, there's no music. You're just you're just feeling the atmosphere in the world that's happening. And it's a simple story. Harvey Bandem knocks it out of the park. So much tension when he's on screen. He's got the Will Byers haircut, but doesn't matter. <laughs> Scene with the coin toss. Whenever he's interacting with someone, you honestly think he's about to shoot him. Like, there, no one's safe when he comes across this man. And Josh Brolin brings like charisma to the role as well, and to seriousness. Yeah, I love yep. it.
0: The only thing I really remember about this movie is Javier Bardem's Anton Chigurh, and he's incredible, for sure. It's uh, I I honestly don't remember a lot about this movie, but it is it's good. It's it's very it's a very well done crime story. So, number two, Star Wars: A New Hope. (laughs) For me, this is a movie which I love for so many reasons. For one thing, well, a lot of these movies, I, I relate back to the writing and the story elements, but A New Hope is the most simplistic hero's journey possible set in space. And I also, what I love about it is that it's, I had to write this down here, is that it's, it's an ancient tale told generations over, but just repeated in a new context. Just, just listen. An old knight and his young companion's journey to save a princess from a fortress. How many times has that story been told over? Yep. But that's Star Wars... Sci-
1: that's why it's technically a fantasy, not a sci-fi.
0: Yeah. But that well, that you know, the mystical, magical elements, the force, mm-hmm. the old... I just love the world building in this one movie for, for in terms of writing efficiency. In this movie, you know, there was... There's a galactic senate. There was... Clone Wars in the past, this old religious order that's existed for thousands of years, this mystical thing, uh, stuff called the Force, which binds the galaxy together. There's old rivalries between Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi. There's a whole backstory with Luke's father. He's with his, with his parents. Leia's got a whole, Leia and Han have a whole backstory as well. Everything in the universe feels used, abused, and lived in. The movie starts you off in the middle of a story. The opening crawl gives you some background, but the Empire's just chasing this anti 4 with the Death Star plans, and you're like, what's the Death Star? Why are they chasing these people? I mean, Rogue One kind of sets that up 40 years later. But I just love how a new mm-hmm. hope starts you out the gate running. You're you're just in this world, and you have to kind of figure it out as you go. It's what they did in that world is also incredible. All the special effects that they had to come up with. They invented so many things for this movie visually speaking they created ilm just to make this movie and how many things has ilm gone on to do It's a great documentary i need to plug it again because it's it's so informative i need need to watch it the the sound effects the 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 characters the the set designs themselves yeah the the iconography just so much iconography packed into two hours. Mm. It changed the movie industry. There's pre-Star Wars, and then there's post-Star Wars. It's, there used to be A movies and B movies, and Star Wars was just this random B movie.
1: You know, junk Now sci-fi. it's the most, one of the most popular IPs out there.
0: Yeah. And one thing I will say, compared to other movies on this list, is a lot of these things are adaptations. They're from plays, or comic books, or from book books, sometimes video games, not on my list or yours book so books. far. But but Star Wars is one of the few franchises on this list, well, few movies, that came just out of the mind of George Lucas and put right to film. So it's it's a... In terms of a top ten movie list, Star Wars isn't a bad one to pick, I think, because it's yeah like four movies. It was always ever just a movie. And I also love A New Hope compared to the others, because it's standalone. They at the end of that movie, it could be the end. Yeah. You can't that's watch it. E- you can't watch Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi or any of the prequels without a little bit of context. That's a New true. Hope's the only one you can watch without context. And it's just, Oh, mm-hmm. this is a really cool movie. And yeah, it changed it's... my life because it made me want to become a screenwriter. And that's something that's very core to my identity. And so the story of star Wars is just, it's very important to me that way. Cause it, kind of made me who I am today in many ways. Mm -hmm. A lot of the biggest aspects of my personality.
1: New Hope is a great example for like up-and-coming screenwriters like us who have an idea, and have an idea that's like an original IP, and it can work. It can work with the right amount of time, with the right amount of patience and um, support that you have. There's, just to go back on ILM, they literally had to, like, physically cut out film to make those, like, scenes in space work. Like, that's yes. ridiculous. I don't know if they say that in the documentary yet. I haven't watched it, but... They so had good. to in and one of my And one of my favorite movie moments of all time is Luke and those twin sons. Amazing work. Yes. John, how many John Williams stuff do you have on your list? Let's
0: see. <laughs> Superman, Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark.
1: That man's... Uh... That man's iconic. He needs to have, like, an honorary Oscar named after him or something.
0: Yeah. My number two... I think my brother told me he's he's one of the biggest John Williams fans. He's got an Oscar nod in basically every decade. 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. I think think he's only won, like,
1: two. He's only won, like, two.
0: But he's been nominated for an Oscar in about seven
1: decades. That's amazing. Yeah. Him and, uh... Zimmer are pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Ryan's My number, number two. My number two. Not that shocking. Shawshank Redemption. One of the best stories ever told. Adapted on film. One of the best movies ever made. It's, there's, there's no problem with this movie. There honestly isn't. It's just great storytelling. Great acting. Great atmosphere one of the only films to do narration correctly and right because you're just going through the mind the 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 thoughts of red at the time as he's telling the story and God, like it's just
0: it's a story encompassing
1: decades and
0: emotionally powerful connects you into the world and
1: yeah it's it's just. It's just one of those movies that it's just a classic that everyone has to watch. Even, like, there's different, it's not even just, like, one man trying to escape Shawshank. It's just, there's different, it does feel like a book, in a way, where there's different acts. There's, you know, Andy Dufresne fighting off the, the rapist in there. Like, there's that whole section. Stuff with Clancy Brown. When the new guy comes in saying, Oh, he could release Andy and then there's sets up the whole final act as well. It's just it's a great it's a it's almost like a feel good story, but almost not in a way. It's just one of those classic stories that
0: It's about the ability to maintain hope in a very dark mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. You're in prison for decades for a crime you probably didn't do. There is some conjecture about that, I've heard. -hmm. But the fact that he had this hope that he could escape for decades. And everyone's like, nah, man, you're here till you die. Or you're like that one guy, if you get out, you're like, this is all you know. So good luck making it out there.
1: Sorry, I have to do a correction. John Williams has won five Oscars and has been nominated for 52. He is currently. Holds the record for most Oscars for The Living Person. And I think he's tied with Walt Disney. Well, Walt Disney has 59, but still. That's mm-hmm. a lot. He won for Fiddler on the Roof, Jaws, Star Wars, Back to Back Years, E.T., and Schindler's List.
0: All right. He's incredible. John Williams is probably the key that makes a lot of these movies that.
1: Mm hmm.
0: On my list, music favorites? is an
1: underrated aspect of filmmaking, and I don't think a lot of people pay attention to it.
0: One which I don't often recognize because I don't think most modern music in movies is very good. No. Scores are kind of made to blur into the background now. John Williams scores were very front and center, or just scores in general were more like that back then, but I, just, I don't like the way they do film scores nowadays. And now, your number one. My number one. Oh, sorry, I forgot to do a gag for my A New Hope, Your Father's Lightsaber. Uh, I want that. You still haven't bought one, have you? No. Nope. Drumroll. Get on that. Number one, Back to the Future. I should have known. Why, why am I surprised? <laughs> no movie is perfect, but Back to the Future is as close as they come. Once again, I think this is a pretty relatable story. Everyone wonders, what were my parents like as teenagers? But back to the future, the story is, okay, you get to go back in time and see what that was like, and nearly write yourself out of existence in the equation. But I think this movie has everything that you would ever want in a movie. It's got action, adventure, suspense, comedy, lovable characters, iconography with costumes, music, car, DeLorean's the most iconic car of all, of all time it's a very, once again, it's a simple story, and even though it's a sci-fi movie, the rules of time travel are easily are easier to comprehend in this movie than pretty much any sci-fi movie it's, you go back don't take money yeah, and things could change the soundtrack's incredible too Huey Lewis and uh, Alan Silvestri's score is one of the best scores I've ever heard the relationship between Doc and Marty, and uh, the the acting is great. Michael J. Fox is in Christopher Lloyd, or their chemistry is some of the best I've ever seen in a movie. The two of them, you wouldn't know that uh, a middle aged scientist, a middle aged mad scientist, and a teenage slacker from a random California town would just be best friends, but it works. Somehow it works. This is everything I would ever want to do as a as a creative type as a as a writer as a director somebody who makes movies i aim to make a movie this crowd-pleasing that's just got it's got a really good story done really well just everything about this movie is amazing like i said it's got it makes you laugh there's so many great jokes in it just random one why don't you make like a tree and get out of here (laughs) random lines like that, but there's also the suspense, like, with Doc on the clock tower at the end, as they have to get, you know, they have to drive the DeLorean mm-hmm. before the lightning strikes at the perfect time.
1: Catches it with his foot. Yeah.
0: There's some fun time travel shenanigans, like the Johnny Be Good bit, and there's just the, you know, his, his mom falling in love with him and him writing himself out of existence with the picture. It's just, it's incredible.
1: Mm-hmm. Just if
0: if you somehow haven't seen Back to the Future, you need to. Like I said, there aren't perfect movies, but this is very close as they come. It's, to, so,
1: it's so good. To the per- aesthetic of it. Yeah. The costume's iconic. The DeLorean itself, which is not a good car like in real life. It didn't run well or something.
0: Well, that's why it crapped out every single time he traveled to the past. Multiple times that car conks out on him and he has to hide it. Yeah,
1: but it's, it's such an iconic movie.
0: I've never met a person who does not like this movie.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a really good it's an amazing movie. It's on my top like 5 franchise movies. Yes.
0: Well, that's for that's another really
1: day. Good. So Ryan's number 1. Drum my number 1 is a little shocking and kind of out there. <gasps> it's A Few Good Men. It is starring Tom Cruise, Demi Moore, Jack Nicholson, Kevin Bacon. Written by Aaron Sorkin. It's based off a play, but it's written, the screenplay is written by Aaron Sorkin. It's just one of those movies that got me into acting. It really did, because it it's one of those things where this lawyer has to defend these two military guys who accidentally killed one of their um, fellow s- soldiers during a code red which is basically a term that is used by the military in this movie. I don't know if it's a real thing. Used by this military to basically haze one of their fellow s- soldiers into it's just a hazing to like get him to you know buck up and yeah. uh so and so that soldier accidentally gets killed and now Tom Cruise's character has to defend these two soldiers. At first he is a very lazy lawyer and just get settlements all the time but these two soldiers are like adam like no we're innocent and you're gonna have to like actually like defend us the dynamic between tom cruise and demi moore is really good this is where tom cruise wasn't as much of an action star this is where he put his acting chops in and it's just one of those if you're really into law which i was watching this movie or if you're not like it just shows great ways of how how do you prove how do you prove something that might not have been said? Yes, in front of someone. Like, how do you prove that? And it goes into great lengths into showing how how they were able to do this. There's twists in it. you know they have they have witnesses that turn out can't be witnesses later on. they have they find out later on one of the defendants lied about something and now they have to change the way they worked. And it all culminates in this one scene where he puts Jack Nicholson on the stand, and he, there's that classic, you can't handle the truth, that whole speech. Yes. And he basically, that two scene is that iconic. To me, it's just, I can watch it every time and enjoy it, because it, it's got me into acting, it got me into law and, for a little bit, and just the storytelling on its own, how everyone in it is betrayed, it's just... It's a classic movie. It's it's out there and I like it as a pick. This one
0: I still haven't seen. It's on my list. I want to see it. And
1: it's so good that I bought a Blu-ray copy not knowing that I had a DVD copy at home. <laughs> That's how good it was.
0: All right, so let's recap our top 10s quick here. So, my top 10 Ben Hur, Rocky, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Spider-Man. The Great Escape, The Prestige, Greece, Superman the Movie, Star Wars a New Hope, Back to the Future.
1: My top 10 were the other guys starting from number 10. 9 Troy, 8 Rear Window, 7 Psycho, 6 Lord of the Rings trilogy, 5 Pulp Fiction, 4 Godfather Part 1 and 2, 3 No Country for Old Men, 2 Shawshank Redemption, number 1 A Few Good Men. Now necessarily these are not these are not
0: I noticed trends in both of ours. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about you. Oh, I notice for your trends. I noticed pretty much every one of yours is a crime movie. Yeah, they're all about I'd say so. they're all about criminals or investigating Suspense, criminals or versus. Yeah. Just let's see. Out of let's see, there's I don't know what Probably the other eight. guys is about. Yeah, so like Rear Window, Psycho, Pulp Fiction, Godfather, No Country for Old Men, Shawshank Redemption, and A Few Good Men. They're all about. Legal or crimes or criminals or prisoners or th- yeah. I I just think I just think that I love mystery
1: movies I guess your uh, yours is uh, John Williams
0: <laughs> John Williams Steven Spielberg kind of that that kind of crowd that fun I,
1: like adventure movie yeah yeah like, most of mine are kind
0: movies. of adventure movies or epics or just mm-hmm. kind of fun and lighthearted like my top four Grease Superman Star Wars Back to the Future the original Spider Man Raiders of the Lost Ark
1: and if anyone pretty... watching disagrees with these films,
0: I don't care. These are our personal yeah, lists. Exactly. These are the movies we will enjoy. I just think it's kind of funny that your your top ten is more heavy and crimes and like crime serious crime dramas and mine are mm-hmm. a bit more lighthearted adventure classics.
1: Well, I kind of looked sure. into this like when I was making these lists where because there are movies that I'll just watch just to enjoy, but I had yeah. to think about also what really resonates what really resonates with me and also like what do i consider like top tier like writing and direction and yeah yeah not to say that the other guys is top tier writing but (laughs) that's the only like feel good movie that i have on there and i had to include it because it's like and that's okay one of the better comedies out there
0: okay let's plug our socials and get out of here like a tree well
1: if you want to, and you should, you could follow me at Ryan Walker Official on Instagram and on TikTok.
0: You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Thoughtplay Media and our Facebook page at the same name. Find further film discussion and entertainment reviews on thoughtplay.ca forward slash articles. And if you'd be so kind, you can support Thoughtplay Media on Patreon, link below. Also, be sure to leave us comments and reviews if that's a big help. And how about clicking that like button if you enjoyed this? We hope to see you on the next close up with Ryan and Joe. Till next time, and that's a wrap.